Sometimes you just need an empathetic ear to help you sort out the issues that are happening in your own life. Perhaps a forum of others just like you and guest experts who are helping them and can help you. This is that place. Welcome to Life Happens. Let's talk. Your host is Trina Wines. Fill your cup of coffee this morning and have a seat. What you're going to hear in the next hour is going to be amazing. Now, here is Trina Wines. Well, good morning and welcome to Life Happens. Let's talk. My name is Trina Wines, and I want to thank you for joining us and tuning into the show. As an international radio show, it is exciting to see all my listeners from all parts of the world. And I know even though we may come from different backgrounds, cultures, and worldviews, we all share the same human experience where life may suddenly, randomly have a different path for us or throw us off our plans and whatever plans that we may have had into situations where we just have no idea how to deal with or to figure out. Now, we, we certainly all have them, and this is what this show is about. So I bring on guests that either tell their stories about their life happen moments and how maybe it, the lessons or how it turned out to be a positive experience, but also the guests, also the guests that I have are supportive people that help us through those moments. So today we are going to talk about divorce and child custody, but more specifically about a situation which is extremely challenging and stressful for everyone involved and even for the person that seems to be driving it. It is called parental alienation. Now, I'll let my expert guest speak about it from um, about it, but from someone like myself who has also gone through a divorce and had to make joint decisions about how to uh, co-parent, even, you know, we be no longer together, and having to be able to cooperate and communicate during divorce can be challenging. And, you know, sometimes you just have to agree to disagree. However, it can't be about us, the adults, we must always think about how to minimize the harm of the child. The divorcing or separating couple must try to come up with the best parenting arrangement for the child, and we have to be practical and realistic. But what if there is a total breakdown, and the children are used as pawns trying to get back at the other parent? So today my guest, Connie Lupinchuk, is here to speak on the difference between high conflict and parental alienation. And Connie is the founder and president of the Canadian company Aspire2 Counseling Professional Services. She is a registered social worker holding a master in social work. She has over 37 years of experience working in leadership and social work positions. But along with her experience in counseling and mediation and life coaching, she has gained recognition for expertise in navigating high-conflict divorce and is certified to deliver two programs, and that's New Ways for family, Families and Family Bridge. These programs are designed to assist families who are embroiled in high-conflict divorce and help families to heal after parental alienation. So good morning, Connie. Good morning, Trina. How are you this morning? I'm good. Thank you. And thank you for joining us this morning. This is a very interesting topic. Um, and I have to say, you know, I'm very feel very fortunate that I've never had I didn't have to deal with this situation. And I can certainly imagine how challenging it is really like for the whole family. You know, it, it, of course, everybody um, affecting them differently. So to get in, start jumping into the show here, can you explain what does parental alienation involve? You know, that's a good question. Oftentimes I have people who come in to see me who think there may be alienation going on in their family, and there really isn't. But what alienation is, the best way to describe it is it's a maladaptive response to divorce and separation. And either parent can get uh, participate in this this parental alienation. So basically, you have one parent who is referred to as the favorite parent. What they do is they engage in a campaign of denigration against the other parent, which is referred to as the targeted or rejected parent. And basically, this favorite parent is really relentless in their efforts to form an alliance with their children against the favorite parent. And of course, over time, through coercion and manipulation, 
the favored parent co-opts the children to participate in the hate campaign against their other parents. And soon children are verbalizing 100% love and devotion for their favorite parent and 100% contempt or hatred of their other parents. And what we do see is their reasons, the children's reasons for hating their parent, are irrational and out of proportion to justify these staunch and intense rejection responses. For example, I've had kids say to me, I hate my mom because she makes me brush my teeth. Um, and so what we, ha- what we do know is that parental alienation, the parent who's engaging it, their goal is to sever the children's love and attachment to the other parent. And um, because of this and the, the steps that they take to go there, it's considered a very serious form of psychological abuse. Okay, so, uh, you know, there is... You know, when when you think about divorce, I mean, it's you know, it's very rare that there's very a lot of positive mutual agreements. You know, there's always some disagreements because it is a, a very emotional time uh, for people. But uh, you know, so you hear about high conflict divorce. Now, can you tell me what the difference is between parental alienation and other high conflict divorce cases? Absolutely. There's a, a couple of fundamental differences, well, you know, between high-conflict divorce and parental alienation. And, of course, parental alienation kind of comes out of high-conflict divorce. Um, that's how it's often referred to me uh, when I offer services. In high-conflict divorce, children have a relationship with both parents. So that's how we know that alienation isn't going on because there's still a relation there. And, of course, with cases of severely alienated children, they only have one relationship and profess love for one parent. They absolutely have no interest or see any value in the relationship with the other parent. And the contempt that severely alienated children profess for their rejected parent uh, spreads to anybody and anyone who's associated with that that targeted rejected parent. So it could be extended family. It could be pets. It could be even activities they used to do, um, like swimming, etc. It just spreads right across. And severely alienated children, they'll even lie for their favorite parent, where children who are in high-conflict divorce, they tend to avoid uh, choosing one parent over the other. So those are kind of the basic differences between the high-conflict divorce and when alienation is playing a role. Yeah, and and you had mentioned there that it even extends to uh, other family members. So, you know, now I'm listening to this. I remember a friend of mine who was a grandmother was um, stating that uh, the relationship or the connection because through a divorce that, yes, the the side of her of her son, uh, the whole family was uh, no longer uh, had had any contact with um, you know, that, that child. And it was, I remember her being very devastated by that because really she wasn't part of that whole situation and um, certainly uh, was, you know, she was really grieving that loss. So uh, now can you tell me what, I guess, how does parental alienation manifest? Okay. Well, and you know, it doesn't happen overnight. And of course, it's, it's often triggered by something. So it's, it's either triggered by a divorce or maybe remarriage or something is happening. So it doesn't always occur just right at the end of a separation. It can occur years later. So as I mentioned earlier, the favorite parent engages in what we call a campaign of denigration. And so they start rewriting the family history. And of course, it's their version, right? And it's always biased against the other parent. And frequently, the favorite parent will present themselves as the victim, right? So, you know, the other parent did something that hurt them. Or they present themselves as the protective of the children because now they have rewritten history where the other parent is unsafe to be with. Um, So always, the other parent is seen as the the villain and not having any value at all in the family. Um, and the favorite parent has to maintain control and influence at all times. So even when the children are having parenting time with the other parent, they interfere. So they often do it through chronic visitation interference. So they'll either not send the kids, they'll say the kids don't want to go, or they'll return the kids late for visits, or they'll make them frequent calls during the visit so the kids are never not without contact from that other parent. 
And we've had cases where they even send text messages by the hundreds, you know, through a five or six hour period at all early, early, at early hours of the night and when kids are supposed to be sleeping and getting ready for school. Um, so basically, if the children come home from a visit and if they report anything positive about their visit, uh, very quickly the favorite parent will manipulate that perception and now the children sees that experience is really negative. For example, oh, guess what? My dad bought me a bike um, when I was at my last visit. And of course, very soon the mother has explained that the dad did that to bribe them so that they'll visit or just trying to look good for court, that kind of stuff. And so really the children's relationship over time worsens and they view the other parent as having no value and as a villain. And uh, these children tend to be very hypervigilant, fearful, and paranoid. And certainly as things progress, um, you know, so for example, if there's a custody access assessment or if there's an impending court date, the favorite parent will up the ante and the children can go from, you know, mild to moderate severe, mild to moderate alienation to right to severely alienated. So it can happen really quickly in that last uh, part of it. What parents also do, which is interesting, is if there's an older child or one that they're really sided with, they'll have that child kind of act for them during visitation time. Do you know what I mean? So, like, yes, that child's yeah. responsibility mm-hmm. is to make sure that other ch- child doesn't have a, a happy or positive relationship or visit with the other parent. Wow, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> that's like, that's, that's really difficult on the kids, yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. before we go into break, I have one more question. If you quickly explain this, but wh- why do parents do this? Well, there's a number of reasons, and not all of them have the same reasons, but we see some really common themes, and one is poor boundaries. And you often can get a sense of this when the parent refers to their children and themselves as a single unit, right? Um, Some parents are motivated due to revenge, especially when there's been affairs or if they didn't want to end the marriage, they start bad-mouthing and bashing the other parent. Some parents just do it because they're angry. And, of course, parents who have control issues and the need to dominate will abuse their parental authority. Uh, some parents are insecure and jealous, and they're fearful that maybe their children will abandon them. So, for example, maybe one parent has more economic means than the other parent, so they're afraid that, you know, they may choose that other parent because they can afford to provide them more. Um, some parents just see their children as their possessions and theirs and, and not the other parents. Um, some do it to get more child support, and of course, some do it because they don't want to pay child support. But what we do know is that half of all cases of parental alienation result from a custody dispute. So like I said, it can happen right at the, the onset of the divorce, or it can happen many years later. Okay, well, thank you for that really good introduction into parental alienation and, and uh, getting an idea of really what it all involves. So we are going to go to break, and we will come back And so please hang on. There will certainly be lots more interesting information coming soon. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. 
Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. This is Life Happens. Let's talk. Would you like to join into today's conversation? We invite you to call in to share your story, ask a question, or add a comment. Please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email to Trina, her email address is trina at trinawines.ca. Now, back to Life Happens. Let's talk. Well, welcome back to Life Happens, Let's Talk. My name is Trina Wines, and our guest today is Connie Lupachuk. Now, we were talking about uh, parental alien, parental alienation. The questions that I have is that what are some of the typical behaviors seen with parents who alienate? Okay, so I heard a bit of the caller story, um, and certainly uh, what we do see often is that parents just absolutely refuse to get involved in any remediation. So even if they agree to participate, they do not participate in a meaningful way. And so these parents have a history of failure following court orders. A little bit that I could hear from the caller, it sounded like it had been going on for 10 years. And, of course, if courts don't enforce their orders, the parents learn that they're above the law. And, of course, their kids see this as well. So some parents have mental health disorders such as personality disorders that uh, may be present and and playing a big role in the alienation. Um, Some parents present as the victims or they're fearful, and so they uh, present as justified vindicators in saving their children from the other parents. These parents will go to great lengths to co-opt anybody and everybody in the professional field, so they often will call child protection with false allegations or the police, or they recruit or find counselors who going to who just hear their side and then become, um, you know, their instrument for court to get what they want. And they'll go to courts, teachers, and just basically anybody who's willing to be on their side. Um, they'll tell others that their children want to talk to the judge about why they hate or why they're fearful of the other person. And these kids at that time are already expressing like 100% loyalty and love for the other parent. And, of course, the favorite parent distorts and makes up stories, and these children will lie and uh, deceive others in attempt to support their parents' stories and lies. Um, They'll tell their children, again, a version of the conflict, and they involve them in all court information. They they tell them what the court dates are, what the other parents said, what the affidavits say, And, of course, they get involved in a lot of adult conversation that really is just not appropriate for children. Um, And, again, the parents present as the victim or the protector, and the kids become very sympathetic, of course, and they want to protect their parents. The parent will encourage the child to stop referring to their parent as mom or dad, and, of course, that's a very severe a severe characteristic, but it's common. So kids will start referring to their mom or dad by their first name. And even when we're doing assessment and we refer to the parent by their mom or dad name, the anxiety that's associated with that term is really intense for children. So those are just some of the characteristics that we see, you know, in parents who are alienating. Okay, so we have our caller back now. I just okay. want to mention that telling telling your this just that answer that you had uh, spoke about. You know, you feel really could feel for the targeted parent, but really, what stands out for me is like these kids, like the um, oh this uh, turmoil that they must be uh, feeling in regards to the situation. Now our caller is back, so sorry about that. Um, if you want to continue in yeah. regards to your story. Okay, um, so um, 
when uh, you know my my kids ended up running away that day and uh, saying that they weren't coming back began a a two year period where I almost didn't see my kids at all. It was uh, um, you know, a difficult to describe nightmare. Um, and as we tried to figure out what was going on and we started learning about parental alienation, it was like a, a light bulb went off. It was like, you know, the people who are writing about this stuff, they've been in our house. Like all the things that uh, your guest is talking about happened to us pretty much exactly as she said. Uh, like, for example, um, the texting. Um, I discovered that uh, my ex-wife had been texting my daughter, who's the older one. Um, there was something like, uh, you know, twelve or 1,300 texts in a, uh, you know, um, a six-week period just prior to them running away. Um, you know, we'd also been, had gone to a, a family vacation in Hawaii, and uh, my ex had been texting my daughter right up until 3 o'clock in the morning on the, you know, the day that we were leaving at 8. You know, so my daughter didn't get any sleep at all. She had been texting with her mother more or less all night, you know, before we got on the plane at 7 in the morning. Uh, an interesting thing happened, though, when we were in Hawaii, because we were out of range of communication. Uh, it took the kids a couple of days, but then they, they normalized. You know, one of the things that I've learned in this experience is that uh, uh, you know, what the kids end up doing is a, uh, it's a survival mechanism. They've, they're really in a bind, and they've got nothing else that they can do. And I found that they'll bend a lot, but when you take the pressure off, they bounce back. You know, unless it has been so much pressure that they've broken, you know, they're, they're like a spring. They'll, they'll just bounce back when the pressure comes off. The, you know, that, those two years, you know, started a, uh, or I guess continued an ongoing uh, legal battle to get myself reinstated into their lives. Um, you know, some of the other things that your guest was referring to um, had happened in the seven years previously. Like, um, it was always a struggle to get um, permission to travel with the kids. Um, you know, a judge, after a couple of times, you know, eventually dispensed with permission for me to travel with the kids as long as it was within North America because of the difficulties in getting permission to, to travel from my ex. Um, uh, there was ongoing uh, issues with um, uh, you know, visitation or um, activities in particular. Um, I would in, had enrolled um, my son and daughter in guides and cubs, and my ex would not take them during her custody time. And so, of course, the kids fall behind, um, sort of don't have that same kind of connection with the other kids in the group, and, you know, not surprisingly, end up not wanting to, to participate at all. Um, so, the, um, the legal I've battle... Just, sorry, I was just going to, I was going to ask, so during the... Um, the time where you know you would have the arrangements made and uh, the ex was was sabotaging uh, your efforts in uh, getting your children into activities. Were there was your ex also um, blaming or bad mouthing or um, you know stating a lot of negative things to the children about you? Um, yes, but I didn't learn that until much later. Um, there was a good example of that. Uh, we took the kids to Disneyland, um, and they'd been looking forward to the trip and had a great time on the trip. And when we came back, um, they were, uh, you know, I learned this afterwards from the, the lady that we used for babysitting when we needed to. And my son had been relating stories of uh, Disneyland and was they're more or less the, the local star as he was uh, telling these stories and all the kids were on edge and listening and and it was you know my ex-wife went to pick him pick them up and uh, the babysitter said that uh, you know he had just been telling us all about his trip to Disneyland 
And my ex said, I know, they had an awful time on that. It's a real shame that they got forced into doing that. And, um, you know, and my, my son, you know, sort of in that situation, what could he do? You know, he, you know, he just sort of suddenly stopped talking and um, hung his head, stared at his feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I learned this afterwards from the uh, from the babysitter when I was, you know, trying to figure out what was going on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so the 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 bad mouthing and denigration was always very subtle and never within my hearing. Um, well, no, that's not true. Later, it was within my hearing. <laughs> But um, in the seven years leading up to it, it was always, uh, um, you know, you know, I, I was unaware of it happening at the time. Okay, so we're going to, uh, I want to hear more from you, but we're going to have to take a break here. So if you just want to mm-hmm. hang on and uh, I would like to, yeah, hear a little bit more after sure. break. So uh, hang on, listeners, we're going to be right back. on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. This is Life Happens, Let's Talk. Would you like to join in to today's conversation? We invite you to call in to share your story, ask a question, or add a comment. Please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email to Trina, her email address is trina at trinawines.ca. Now, back to Life Happens, Let's Talk. So welcome back to Life Happens, Let's Talk. My name is Trina Wines, and our guest today is Connie Lupachuk in regards to speaking about parental alienation during divorce. Now, we had a caller on previous to our break, and I had asked him if he can remain with us because uh, certainly I want to, I'm very interested in hearing the ending of this story. So can you... Uh, Maybe to tell about how you were able to recover this through the situation and uh, also, well, sort of where the, the children are at today. Sure. Uh, there, this story does have a, uh, you know, a more or less happy ending here, you know, as much as any of these situations can. But, uh, you know, eventually got through a, a trial and I was successful. The... Uh, uh, this is the, the first case of its kind, to my knowledge, you know, here in Saskatchewan. And um, I was ultimately awarded sole custody 
and uh, my ex has a restraining order against her, preventing her from contacting the kids uh, until she's proved that she's, you know, not a danger to them anymore. Um, now, unfortunately, my daughter was too old, and so this order didn't really apply to her, and I still haven't had any contact with my daughter, but I have been able to, to rescue my son, and my son is doing just great. Um, we have a normal relationship. It took about a week for the relationship to come back. I was mentioning earlier how you know kids spring back when the pressure comes off, and you know it, it literally is that quick. Um, he has got a really good understanding of what's happened to him and to our family, um, and he's had a couple of opportunities to prove his worth, and he's he's rung true every time. You know where um, you know shortly after the the trial, um, you know, my ex tried to get in touch with him again, you know, and despite the order, and you know he let me know about it and understands you know what's going on and um and he's he's just a normal kid now um so in in with two children so one uh went with the mother and then uh you have your son so it is still there i would you know there still is some loss there for sure a loss of a relationship and um, so I'm certainly glad to hear that, you know, your son is able to, you know, sort of have a now a stable uh, life. And, um, uh-huh. you know, it, it is still, you know, it sounds like, although it's, I guess, sort of resolved, there's still, you know, maybe possibly some things to, to come for because there has to be, I guess, more um, uh, uh-huh. looking to, to, to reconnect with your daughter. So, but it certainly sounds like a really tough situation and, uh, you know, divorce is difficult enough as it is, you know, for a family breakdown. But when you have those situations when really, um, you know, children are, are stuck in a, in a situation where, yeah, they're, um, yeah. And what I found is that the key to the success in our situation was the, uh, the combination of keeping my ex out of it because she was unable to change her behavior and the weight of the law uh, to enforce it. The legal system can be a terribly frustrating uh, behemoth to deal with, but when it finally gets around onto your side, it is a fairly unstoppable juggernaut. Yeah, I would imagine. That, and it would be very frustrating. I can imagine it, this, just even the stress, the daily stress of the situation. So I want to thank you very much for calling in today and being able to share this story. So this really certainly does enhance what we're talking about today in regards to our our guest in uh, explaining this. So and this story, you know, shows how really real this situation is. So I want to thank you for calling in and uh, I wish welcome. you and your family the best of luck. Okay, thanks. Thank you. So, Connie, um, hearing our our caller, so why do children do this? Because we, I, you know, hearing that, uh, you know, the, the oldest daughter had, um, you know, probably played, had was had a lot of pressure, and of course, probably played a big role in this situation um, in regards to sort of probably relaying messages and um, possibly even trying to um, navigate the situation when she was with her dad. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think uh, the caller referred to children go into survival mode, and I think that's a really mm-hmm. good explanation because really children develop developmentally are unable to withstand a parent's relentless manipulation and coercive efforts. I mean, they have a couple of options. They can either accept it or they can continue to fight it. And, of course, if they're living... Uh, even half-time, and sometimes in these cases, the parent is already refusing access, so they're full-time. They're pretty captive in that environment, and so it's either you accept it, you know, accept the status quo, right? 
Many kids are afraid, of course, to lose or to be rejected or abandoned by the favored parent. And, of course, they instill these fears in their children. Uh, children become very sympathetic of their family parent or, or their favored parent, especially um, they believe the favored parent's written, rewritten family history, you know, or their version of the breakup. And um, we know that severely alienated children are just very protective of their favorite parent. Um, and again, children learn it's easier to agree with the favorite parent's view of the other parent than to endure the favorite parent's intense anger and hostility. Uh, they've learned over time that when they express devotion and loyalty to the favorite parent, that that parent calms down. And of course, when that parent calms down, that behavior reinforces the children's behavior to behave that way in the future. So, you know, I think uh, your caller's explanation that really talks about survival mode is a really good way to describe it. He also talked about, you know, how children, when the pressure is off, that they tend to rebounce back. And certainly for kids who may not be severely alienated, that'll happen. Um, kids who are severely alienated often need a little bit of more help. So along with the court, which is huge, to give those orders so that the parent can actually parent again without interference from the favored parent is really important and that the court reinforces uh, their orders. So too many times we have parents who don't follow the court orders and there's no um, negative response from the court. So really, uh, what was the point, right? So a combination of that and for severely alienated children and families, because they haven't been together for so long, they actually do need an intensive uh, reunification opportunity. Okay, so I know that we touched probably a, f- a few times on this, but I still I maybe want to, re- um, you know, just um, give us a really good description of, um, the, you know, the typical characteristics of children who are alienated. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So over my career, as you know, I've been around for a long time and I've worked with a variety of children in a variety of programs, you know, from young offenders to child protection, etc. And certainly I've never witnessed such statistically cruel behavior as exhibited by severely alienated children to the rejected parent or anyone else associated with them, including myself. I've been, I've been subject to, to that behavior and it's really quite astonishing. Um, and what's really remarkable is their hostile behavior is carried out with absolutely no guilt whatsoever, which is unusual for children, especially these children are usually doing well in school. Um, you know, they're very, they have very good manners. But when it comes to their parent or anyone who's associated, they just absolutely are just really vile and uh, hostile uh, individuals. Um, their complaints, again, as I mentioned before, are often irrational. They're frivolous and trivial. So, for example, my mom made me go to Disneyland, and all I wanted to do was stay in the hotel room. So, um, you know, it just doesn't fit with with why the the, the severity or the intensity the intensity of the hate they have for the parents. And they often will make false allegations, and that's usually when child protection gets involved in the police. And, of course, when child protection and police get involved, they usually stop access to the uh, targeted parent, which kind of, which really reinforces the alienation even further. Um, they refuse to acknowledge even a positive quality or even a good memory they've had with the parent. And when I've talk to kids for assessment purposes and say, well, can you just tell me one happy time that you had with your, with your parent because you, you lived with your parent for this many years before your parents broke up, so tell me one happy memory, memory and they can't. And so, you know, often I'll, I'll have a picture that the parents provided, you know, where it's a happy vacation and everybody's smiling and the child will say, oh, I was just pretending or I was faking. I wasn't really having a good time. These kids become very defensive and angry when questioned about where their views came from and if there was any influence from anyone. And um, they'll they'll be really adamant and say, "No, no one told me what to say. I I uh, I'm smart enough. I know my own mind, and I know that I hate my other parents." Um, they become very preoccupied with their favorite parent, as your caller mentioned. Lots of texting. 
um, and lengthy calls and often during the night. And what we see is their behavior really withdraws and becomes hostile, angry, and anxious and fearful and really defiant with the other, with the favorite parent. And certainly, uh, oftentimes counseling is ordered by the courts. And what we see is that counseling actually intensifies the alienation. And I've worked with a child who was sent to me by the courts for counseling. And uh, I ended up ending the counseling because after uh, one or two sessions, the children became almost like robots with their parent. And so they were withdrawing even further. So those are just kind of some of the characteristics that you're going to see with children who are alienated. Okay, well, thanks, Connie. So when we come back, I want to hear what parents can do. So listeners, hang on. We're going to be right back with Connie after this break. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to share success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Hear about personal growth, building a better business, inspirational life stories, and personal branding. You'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Life Happens. Let's talk. Would you like to join into today's conversation? We invite you to call in to share your story, ask a question, or add a comment. Please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email to Trina, her email address is trina at trinawines.ca. Now, back to Life Happens, Let's Talk. Welcome back to Life Happens, Let's Talk. My name is Trina Wines, and our guest today is Connie Lupinchuk. Connie is talking about parental alienation, and uh, we heard a story from our caller. Now, I want to hear from Connie about, uh, you know, not only about uh, what parents can do, but also, uh, Connie, I have um, this one question first that really comes to mind, you know, especially coming from a child protection, child welfare background, and I know you have also as well have worked in child protection, and uh, certainly I see this as... um, a form of a child abuse, but is this damage forever? Like for the well, children? You're right. It is a serious form of psychological abuse, and the damage, kids who are alienated are the most damaged in divorce, and it is lifelong. And what we see with kids going forward into their adulthood is a lot of failed life transitions. <clears throat> they typically have poor social skills, uh, failed interpersonal relationships, and intimate relationships, their thinking is very distorted, and because of that, their worldview is very distorted, and there's often often a sense of entitlement there. Um, and typically, because of that thinking distortion going on, there's a lot of depression and anxiety, which can lead to suicide ideation, and of course, low self-esteem, sometimes we see substance abuse, 
Uh, oftentimes, you might even see some antisocial behavior, and their relationships continue to be enmeshed, you know, going forward. Um, but there are things that, you know, parents can do, right? Um, and certainly when I have people who come in to see me for consultation, I, I really encourage them to do some of their research too because there's a lot of people out there who talk about parental alienation who really don't really understand or get parental alienation. So a really good website for parents to just even start to see if it may be something that's happening in their life is they can go to the Warshock, spelled W-A-R-S-H-A-K.com workshop or uh, website. And he also has a really good book that's called Divorce Poison. And, and when I work with couples, I always ask them to read it. And it, it, it should be a read-to book for any couple who are looking at uh, ending their relationship where children are involved. So education is really important for the parents. Um, and then they want to seek out experienced and trained professionals in parental alienation because, as I mentioned before, oftentimes the courts will um, suggest that kids go for counseling. And we know that traditional counseling is more harmful to children, especially when they're moved into the spectrum of alienation, like into the moderate and severe. It's actually psychologically harmful. Um, they want to seek out lawyers who have training and experience in parental alienation. And here in Saskatchewan, I've actually trained a couple of uh, law firms, and they, they do consult with me quite regularly when they're working with cases where they suspect parental alienation. And you want to move through the legal system really quickly. I'm not sure what it's like in the United States, but here in Canada, it can take years. And as your caller referred, uh, it took like three years, from what I understood, for him to actually get a resolution through a trial. And so we want to, we want to try to speed up that process because the longer time that children don't have access to their parents, the more damage it is and the more difficult it is to uh, actually recover from. Um, and, of course, the court orders are really important. Um, judges need to enforce their rules. And so if a parent is not following the rules, they need to be punished, just like anyone else who's not following a court order, because these parents have a history of not following orders. Um, and so there is um, reunification programs. What I say to people is you want to pick one that actually is grounded in research and shows effectiveness, because um, kids need to learn how to strengthen their critical thinking skills. They need to learn how to stay out of the mill. They need to have a balanced view of both parents. And the family needs to their communication to be strengthened. So while these children are in, um, say, family bridges or something like that, where they're getting that, that opportunity for intervention, uh, the favorite parent also needs to go through a similar type of uh, program so that they can accept the new family paradigm and no longer uh, behave in such an abusive fashion. So those are just some of the things that I really encourage people to do. And, of course, um, you know, I'm available on website, you know, through email or whatever if there's more questions. But parents, probably the thing that I would like to leave parents with is don't give up on your kids. Remember, they do love you. This is just their way of coping. And it's really difficult to, you know, maintain love for both parents when you live with the parent who doesn't allow it. So many times I talk to parents who are just exhausted and they're ready to give up. And so part of it is just really encouraging those parents not to give up on their children because they need them. Well, thank you for that message, Connie. And you're you're right. It's like this... The, um the position these children are put in, like really, like when you think about even um, that, you know, the adults, I mean, truly they have all the control. And so the children are really put in sort of a hopeless situation and, and they have to figure out sort of, yeah, how am I going to survive? What, you know, what is going to be really sort of the best outcome here? And uh, when you have um, a parent who is, highly anxious and you know constantly on top of you and really actually trying to um, make you into his or her puppet I mean it's very very difficult for these children so um, but you know for the parents uh, especially the targeted parent I can't even manage the um, the stress the daily stress that they're wondering where to go how to deal with this so I really really appreciate you coming on to the show and again what is your website Connie it's uh, aspire to spelled a-s-p-i-r-e-t-o-o dot c-a 
And right. uh, all my information is on there, so you can send me an email or, you know, call, and uh, I'd be happy to offer support. Well, yeah, and you, like you said, you have to have somebody who's trained in this particular yes. situation. Yeah, because mm-hmm. traditional counseling is not appropriate for uh, parental alienation situations. So thank you again, Connie, for coming on and explaining this and uh, giving us a really good idea of what, uh, you know, the children that are having to deal with, but also to giving some parents some ideas and resources in regards to how to to, um, navigate through this uh, situation. So thanks again. And um, certainly thank you you for being trained in this um, parental alienation and helping parents that are faced and children that are faced with this situation. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. So, uh, for anyone who is knows of somebody that may be dealing with this situation, the show is in in podcast. It will be turned into a podcast in a few hours, and uh, I will put it up on my Twitter. So you'll find me at Moody Foods on Twitter as well. It'll be on the Voice America website under Life Happens Let's Talk. So you'll see all the archives of also my previous shows. So please um, share this for somebody who may be going through this situation because it certainly is not an easy one for them. Now, for next week, um, it's going to be, this is going to be an interesting show because I am going to be having my husband join me on next week's show, and uh, he's going to be telling about his story. So, he um, grew up without parents, and that was due to a domestic violence situation where he uh, suddenly became an orphan at three years old. So, it is... um, a story that I, I think that uh, I feel important that should be shared. So enjoy your week and thank you again for being here and please join us next week. Have a wonderful week. Please take care of each other, take care of yourself and make a difference in the world. Goodbye and take care. Thank you for joining us this week for Life Happens. Let's talk. Please join Trina Wines again next Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We've made this week just a bit easier. How about coming back next week? We'll see you right here.